Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hello, fellow Creative Control listeners. My name is Mac Cameron. I live in Toronto, and I have been listening to Creative Control with Vish Khanna since episode 119. That featured all five members of one of my favorite bands, Constantine's. I listen backwards from there and then forwards, and I know it sounds, you know, over the top or cliche, but finding the show changed the course of my life. It inspired me to pursue a career in radio and to do what I can to support the arts in my community and across the country. So I give to Creative Control because I feel like I owe the show and Vish uh, for helping me figure out what the hell to do with my life. Beyond that, I give to Creative Control because I think independent media, especially insightful, entertaining, thoughtful, and thorough independent media is something that is worth paying for. What I appreciate about Creative Control is Vish's ability to treat Canadian artists, or any artist for that matter, with the seriousness and appreciation he would any other artist. His excellent rapport with people like Steve Albini and the members of Fugazi and Stephen Malcolmus and others have earned him international appreciation. However, it's his trove of interviews with what I consider to be the most exciting generation of Canadian musicians, conducted out of genuine passion and interest, that makes this show so special. I think it is an archive of some really exciting music that is way, way underreported on and appreciated. That's why I contribute to Creative Control with Vishkana, and I hope you will do the same. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. And if you don't think that fucked me up a little bit, hey, y'all were dope as fuck. Have a good night. Sam Jay is an outspoken comedian and writer currently based in New York City. Originally from Boston, Sam was last on this show in 2018 to discuss her excellent debut stand-up album, Donna's Daughter, 
and her role as a writer on Saturday Night Live. She's back again this time to talk about her hilarious new Netflix special, Three in the Morning, What Life in Lockdown Has Been Like, What Is Up With America, and Finding the Nuance in Movements Like Me Too, How Saturday Night Live at Home episodes worked for her and other writers on the show, her future plans, and more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you, who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creativecontrol, and Massey Hall's concert film series live at masseyhall.com, where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past podcast guests like Cold Specs, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, This is the 556th episode of Creative Control, featuring the wise and funny Sam J, with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, Where in the world are you today? Uh, I am still in New York in my apartment. It's <laughs> <laughs> about the last time. I think the last time we spoke, that's where you were. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are things going in New York, per se, given everything that's going on in the world? I feel like New York is getting a lot better. You know, they've got all the little outside, little drinky, eaty spots where you can, you know, walk up, get a drink, stand in the street. People are at least walking around which it was kind of a ghost town for a while. So it feels a little bit like the life is coming back a little bit. Okay, cool. Are you yourself, do you feel like, some people like me, afraid? Afraid to go out into the world and be with the people <laughs> without the mask and the gloves. Are you, what are you like? Oh, no, I'm full. I go out mask. I don't go out without a mask. I, I believe in the mask. I believe it's, I believe it's real, and I believe you should wear it 100%. I don't even <laughs> I crash without wearing a mask. No, no. What do you make of the people that aren't wearing the masks? I'm just curious. I know you don't suffer fools. I don't. I know you don't like idiots. Who does? But you in particular, I know you don't like them. What do you make of the people who are against the masks and the protocols? I was just arguing with my cousin about it because she's a she's a she's a person who doesn't believe in the uh, the mask, and uh, I just think people always want to think they're smarter than like prof- the professionals. I don't know why, but they like to believe that. For some reason, they know something everybody else doesn't. And usually it's not true. (laughs) It's generally not true, I think. We don't know as much as we like to think. Uh, Well, congratulations on your new special. Uh, I was watching it uh, last night. Now, this is a weird question because I assume you have seen it. (laughs) When's the last time you watched uh, your new special? I'm just curious. Mm, Two months ago. So two months ago, you're watching this special. We're in the midst of a pandemic. You're talking about air travel. You're talking. You're in front of a live audience. What does that feel like for you? Is it surreal to see this thing that you made, presumably well before there was a pandemic, now out in the world, and you're talking about things we kind of can't do at the moment? It's a little twenty. It's uh, you know what? It's weird because yes and no. You know, I watch it and I'm like, oh man. The world was so different then. And, but then you turn on the news and like there's people fighting at the airport at Spirit Airlines. So you're like, maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you, were, you, you filmed this in Atlanta, which you have roots in, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. Roughly when did you record it? I recorded it February 22nd. February 22nd in the year 2019. 2020. 
you recorded it this year. I didn't realize it was that new. Okay. So the the news yeah. was kind of out. I didn't realize it. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. I thought yeah. this was done like a long time ago. So in no, right well, before they shut down. So Why what, are you saying that my materials sounded dated? No. Oh, <laughs> I was not implying that in any way. <laughs> Shape or form. I just was like, oh, this must have been done well before the thing. So February twenty second, twenty twenty, this was all circulating. What was the vibe in the room like? Were people were were people wearing the mask? Were they afraid? What was going no, on? It, was, it wasn't really real at that point. It was just like murmurs of a thing in February. You know, like I feel like it wasn't real yet. So I mean, I wasn't wearing a mask. I didn't. I think I wore one on the plane because my girl made me because I, I have lupus. Oh. So she was kind of ahead of it all. So she made me wear she made me wear them in the airport and stuff. But once we were like off the plane and we weren't thinking about it, we were just kind of moving around and everybody was was doing that at that time. Okay, so it was a chill vibe. People were there to laugh. That sort of stress and tension was in the air, but not real, as you say. I don't even think it was in the air. I think there was like a few people like I was on guard because I had lupus, but I don't think anybody else cared. And it wasn't like even when we were on the plane, there was like tons of masks. Okay. You just saw a few people here and there. Okay. So, so so societally, you're watching this thing that was filmed a few months ago, and you can sort of, you get what I'm saying about how a lot of us are going to watch it and be like, oh, I miss doing that. I miss being uh-huh. able to go to a comedy club or a movie or what have you. How do you feel as a comedian, as a performer? Because I'm guessing, well, I guess I should ask, when's the last time you performed stand-up uh, beyond the special? Well, last week, <laughs> but it was outside at this little amphitheater in a park that they're they're starting to do little pop-up outside shows in New York. So that was the first, well, the second time, because I did one like two months before that, but pretty spaced out. Not like how I used to be able to go up and do stand-up every night, you know? Right. It's been pretty spacey. And I would say the special was the last time I did it, did it, and I'm very long since then. So how do you feel as a creative person and uh, and a comedian when, you know, this whole part of your life is compromised at the very least? You're able to do some semblance of it. By the way, have you done any of the, the Zoom comedy or the virtual comedy stuff? I mean, I've done like podcasts, but I haven't done like a stand up show on on Zoom. I, just, I don't think that would feel good to me. Right. Because um, I, I need to feel that connection and I just feel so like disconnected yeah in a way that i'm not interested in pursuing but uh i don't know it's it it sucks but it's so hard because it's like it sucks for everybody and and no one's able to do the things they want to do and i'm no different in the fact that i can't go do a comedy show you know yeah 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 yeah. no yeah it's true you you've you're looking at the landscape and this is happening to everyone I, i appreciate that those spaced out shows that you did were they, was that weird? Was it weird to do that? Or was it because I, I watched uh, Dave Chappelle's? I feel like the last time you were on the show, we talked about Dave Chappelle again, but he just put out this, you know, did you see the Dave Chappelle thing, the thing on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did a thing and people were all spaced out and it seemed fine. I mean, you know, there wasn't as gales of laughter because there weren't that many people. Right. What was your experience like not getting the full laughter that you wouldn't expect? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think also it's like everything is uh, conditional. So when you don't have it at all, even those that laughter was great, you know, Yeah. it was like, oh, at least I know like people still want to laugh and like we can talk about the stuff that's actually going on now and still find the funny in it. And like it just gives you a sense of like oh, humanities. We're still we're all right. We'll, we'll find it. Yeah. 
One of the things we talked about the last time was kind of the innovations of your uh, your your last album in terms of incorporating music and, and hip-hop and kind of that kind of production style. It was almost like skits and stuff, I remember we talked about a little bit. Um, this is a Netflix special, first of all. That's amazing. I, I'm sure, were you like over the moon to get a Netflix special? Because not everyone can get one. Yeah, I was super excited. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get told you're gonna, you, this is approved, you're gonna do it. Did you have those big ideas, the ambitious concepts, or did you think no? I mean, there's a little bit of that, not too much, but you did a pretty much a straight stand-up special, a little bit of an intro. Nice haircut, by the way. It looks great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think it. I think it still is driven by concepts. You know what I mean? I just think it's different medium, so the the concepts are different. Like the intro to me feels like an extension of the album. You know what I mean? Totally. In a lot of ways that I that I enjoy. I, I like the way it was shot. I feel like it's it's not shot in the same vein as the things you typically see on Netflix. And um, you know, that was intentional and a choice for sure. And even just the 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 way, you know, the dirty shots, the behind the head shots and and all that stuff, I, I just wanted people to feel like drawn in and pulled into the room. I find that I watch a lot of specials and you feel so separate from the experience. And so I was trying to think of ways to really make people feel like they're there and a part of it. And also to make it feel like an important moment without it feeling like I'm trying to be bigger than I am or where I am in my career. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was there was a lot of intent in it, for sure. Just I feel like in different ways. Did you have a hand in the editing? Because there's a couple of moments where you're doing a joke and it's a physical joke. And I noticed the camera did this quick edit like thing to kind of uh, emphasize your, your body movement. And I thought that was kind of a cool, like that's what you're kind of talking about, I think. Did you have a hand in that? Yeah, I was in the editing for sure. I was I was in every part, editing, coloring, lighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's your thing. You wanted to be, I feel yeah. like. Across across all <laughs> mediums of the thing, for sure. That speaks a bit to your personality, right? Like you, it's your name, it's your thing. You're not going to let someone else, you know, do something that doesn't you're not cool with, right? Yeah, I mean, I worked very hard to get to that space to be able to do it, and I I had a, somewhat of a vision for it, you know. And then, you know, I linked up with Chris uh, Mercado who was the director and like we just really started to talk like mood and he would send me all these storyboards and mood boards and we were really just getting into like how do we want this thing to feel which I also think is just as important as the jokes it's just like how it all was going to look and feel and um when I watch it it's 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 a straight special but it doesn't feel or look to me like anything I've seen, and I appreciate that about it. And I do too. And I, I, I will backtrack on what I said when I suggested it was a, a normal straight special. I don't think that's true. You're right. There's a lot of aesthetic flourishes in it that I, I really appreciate it. Uh, in terms of maybe your perspective on, let me let me see if I've got this straight. Is this technically your second hour, so to speak, in comedy terms? Yeah, because I did an hour on the album. Right. Um, Okay. So yeah, but it's my first like tape hour special. Did you find? Yeah, that's right. So you made an audio record, is basically what you're saying, and now this is a, a full on uh, video. But did you find playing to a camera to be strange uh, as opposed I've to? I've done that before. I have a Netflix. I mean, I have oh, a yeah. Netflix. Scene. I have a Comedy Central half hour, 
So, uh, and I think those things were essential in, in making me comfortable, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad those things came first because it, it gave me that, that level of comfortability on stage that I don't think I would have had, uh, had I not had those experiences, uh, prior to. Right. Okay. In terms of your perspective on maybe your growth or as a person between the two hours in terms of what you felt comfortable covering on the new special, do you see any difference between your kind of your evolution as a person, uh, maybe your confidence levels. Do you see that in the two specials in the, in the two hours? Yeah, I definitely feel more confident. Uh, when I, when I watch this, the hour, I'm like, Oh, you've grown a lot. You're, you're more confident up there. You're, you're more comfortable. You you can sit in the awkwardness a little longer than you used to be able to. You, you're, you're more confident in where you're driving the ship. And, um, and also just more confident in the jokes you know, and, and my ability to tell them. And that just comes with, you know, re- repetition. That's experience. It's experience more than, is there anything about the moment uh, culturally that's giving you more confidence to speak out or anything like that? We are in like particularly outspoken times and you have an interesting take on Me Too in the special, uh, for example. Um, I just wonder mm-hmm. if it's just you evolving and, and experiencing things or is it the fact that we are all in a place of feeling more outspoken and confident calling people out, talking about how we really feel? Is it some combination of those things? I mean, maybe. I, I mean, I, I did it on February 22nd. You know, I feel like if you follow my work, though, I've always kind of been a person that says the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And, and, like, and doesn't back off of stuff. And so I, in that regard, that's just what I do. You know what I mean? And um, how I feel effective in the space and in the art form uh, but sure, I'm affected by the world and I'm in it. So I can't take that away from it either. Yeah. Do you get criticized for some of your more like I think you're I think of you as a progressive person. But when you take a stand and it's not as you, you take a nuanced approach to something like me, too. What has the reception been like among your colleagues or your peers or your friends to that? Because I don't hear many people taking a take taking on a, a take like that, if that makes any sense. What what kind of um, what kind of feedback do you get? I mean, I don't know if I've sat and had a specific conversation about like what do people think? What side people going like? Oh, it's funny, you know what I mean? Which is the <laughs> first goal <laughs> is just for it to be funny. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, when I do it, people laugh, so I'm like, okay, it's funny. And then I've talked to like you know people after shows and, and women after shows, and and a lot of times they thank me for saying what I'm saying because. I'm, I think I just I do things authentically. And so like people get that this is coming from a place of love for women and, and being a woman and wanting us to be more empowered and wanting us to take that power instead of waiting for someone to give it to us. And that's just the the, the root of the joke. There's no malice or yeah, yeah. will towards anyone. It's just really rooted in that. And I think people feel that when they hear it. Okay. I I did, but I was surprised because it's risky sometimes these days to make a you know, to tweet the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing in an interview. And I was watching your special last night with my wife and I was like, "Whoa, that's it was very funny, like to your point, very funny your take on feminism, white fe- white people and feminism and uh and me too." I was like, "Wow, like I don't know that I have the guts to say something like that, but I appreciate that you did." And uh and like you say, you You've always kind of said how you really feel about things, right? Yeah, I try to. I mean, that's, I think, 
you know, if I'm not being authentic to my voice, then I'm doing myself a disservice first and foremost, but also then I'm not giving what I could give to the world. And so, yeah, I, I definitely try to do that. Yeah. So February 22nd is when you recorded this thing, uh, this special rather. Um, since then, uh, America has shifted radically again. Uh, there's lots of uh, sociocultural, political upheaval. What is your perspective on, I don't want to say things generally, but in your country right now, there are so many things and they kind of are interweaving and interconnected, I think, that I don't want to just say Black Lives Matter, uh, the handling of the, the pandemic, uh, what have you. What's your general take and feel on what's going on right now? Uh, I mean, I think just America is just... It's, you know, you can only build on lies for so long <laughs> and before it all comes crashing down, you know, and I just think it's we're just at a time where, you know, people are tired of waiting and people are demanding. People are, are, are tired of this false idea that if, you know, we're patient enough, then the thing will just fix itself. And I think people are, are finally coming to a place where it's like, no, it's not going to fix itself. People have to make action to fix it. You know what I mean? And and I think the pandemic is just a, a unfortunately like a residual effect. The handling of it, that is, is just a residual effect of all of this stuff. You know, yeah. it's people digging their heels in the sand on what they believe America is and what their rights are and their freedoms are. But it's really because they're just afraid because everything is changing. Well, everything's changing, but you make a very profound and funny statement in this special about how America is trash. <laughs> I feel, am I allowed to say that as a Canadian? I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble? I don't mean to insult you. Uh, but I, I'm like I that. Said it, so. <laughs> you said it. You said it. That's true. Do you want to? I mean, you kind of just you kind of just said that by by not. That was the long version, I think, of what you're saying is that Americans are. What does Malcolm X say? The the chickens are coming home to roost. Like, this is a recognition. This has got to be a reckoning and a recognition of what America really is. Yeah. That's kind of what you're getting at in that part of your special, right? Yeah, exactly. Is that uh, these things don't just happen. And I think a lot of times as Americans, we like to be like, well, I don't know how we got here. And it's like, well, it's quite clear. There's been (laughs) several markers along the way. So, like... Why are we sitting here acting surprised? So on the one hand, you've you've recognized this and said it in your special. Do you feel like that realization is spreading now that it's not that the systemic the the foundation of your country is really lead led us to this exact bizarre moment where we have you have and a lot of people around the world have the worst possible leadership at the yep. worst possible time and and everything that has been building, in your case, for centuries, um, certainly in terms of media, decades, you know, like this is all happening. Do you think that that realization is actually starting to pervade <laughs> the general consciousness? I do. I do think people are just kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, you see it all the time on Twitter where it's like, oh, maybe we're the third world country. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> it's been kind of a losing of all this grandeur, but the fact is that this stuff when you start to dig under the surface is not really there, you know, for sure. One of the things that you just mentioned that you see it on Twitter, but the vacuums, we all seem to live and exist in these vacuums where, you know, we think there's no way someone would be racist in 2020. 
because right. that's not what I'm seeing on my social media feed and in my conversations with people. Where is this coming from? That to me is a major revelation for most people too. Like, no, this is what it's what people of color have been saying this whole time. You have no idea what we go through, or as women trying to take right. the subway or whatever. Like, you don't know what it's like. Right, because we don't have the privilege of the vacuum. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so right. I, that seems to be an issue too. Do you feel like I've been bringing this up a lot on the show and I'm, I'm maybe getting tired of saying it, but I feel like we are very fractured despite our internet connectivity. <laughs> it feels like our information sources are all over the place and yeah. we don't agree with each other on facts. Like, do you see that? Yeah, everybody's getting their own version of the truth and running with it and nobody's just living in the actual reality of truth and we're coming to a space where people are deciding what the truth is. <laughs> They're like, that's my truth, which I hate. I hate that statement. Yeah. It's like either the truth or it's not. Um, but that's where we are, you know? And um, I don't really know. I just think the the whole thing's going to look different when it all, when all the smoke clears, but in a good way. I really do believe it's, it's going to be in a better way. One of the reasons I gravitated towards comedy as a fan, I mean, we all have our different reasons. I mean, obviously it was to laugh, but I also think that comedy is really, when it's great, it's truth-telling. It is, it cuts through all this, it's, you know, I don't know, what do you make of this? I feel like comedians, for whatever reason, we have decided the comedian can tell us the actual truth and say the things we can't say, or think the things we can't think, and we put this sort of burden on the comedian that's been the tradition, I think, for a long time, at least 40, 50, 60 years. Like, we trust the comedian to cut through the crap and tell us the truth. Is the comedian's place as powerful as it ever has been, or do you think it's diminished in any way? I don't know. I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it depends on the comedian. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, satire has taken on this. It, I feel like satire used to cut through, and now it's just part of the noise. And, and that's where I'm at with it. Like, yeah, sometimes, and then, I, and, I, and then I think sometimes there's some people cutting through. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I know it's a big question, and I don't. It's hard to home in on it. But I, as someone in comedy, uh, you know, and as someone who's just released a special that is very steeped in truth telling, I would say uh, whether it's your again, I know it's not your truth. Actually, that's an interesting point. In, in based on what you were just saying, you're conveying how you feel about things. Does it feel true in a general sense or is that just your truth so to speak um i mean i feel like it's when i say that your truth statement i mean that when people support their delusions you know what i mean when it's like oh it's clear that black people are being like killed by the police and then someone's like well that's not my truth or my reality so thus it is not so i don't believe in that type of stuff but definitely, this is my my perspective. You know what I mean? This yeah. is my POV, 100%. And you may not share that yeah. point of view, and that's fine. So since the hour, you say you've done a couple of stand-up gigs. Um, and I don't know, have you been writing also in that time period? Like a, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, you know, keeping the wheels turning as much as I can. Now, the last time we spoke, you were writing for uh, Saturday Night Live. Is that still the case? Yep. Okay. So... Based on everything that's happened since you recorded that special, uh, has what's been going on informed you as a writer, as a comedian? 
I mean, yeah, because I'm I'm experiencing it and my experiences inform me. You know what I mean? Like that's how I find the things I want to talk about and the things I want to say or the things I feel are, are, are need to be said or are valuable and could help the conversation be moved or add to it. So yeah, in that regard, yes. It's coming yeah. through in the, like you have, I, I don't mean to say you have material on this crisis <laughs> or crises, but you kind of do, like you've been working towards. I have a, thoughts, I'm thinking about yeah. it, okay. you know, and I yeah. have ideas because I, yeah, I'm experiencing it and, and comedy just happens to be how I express myself. So yeah, for sure, you know what I mean? I've, I've definitely been observing and being like, oh, that's interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we have to wait to see how this, how this is presented, how your takes are going to be presented. Do you have a sense? Like how, as a comedian, am I going to get these things out into the world? Is it another special? Do you know yet? I don't know. No one knows. No one really knows. <laughs> no one yeah. really knows. Speaking of not knowing, I uh, watched the virtual Saturday Night Lives. What do we, oh, Saturday Night Live at home. Mm-hmm. What was that like to work on? I have no concept of how you guys came up with it. My take on it was cast members seem to be coming up with things and doing their best at home. But as a writer on the show, were you heavily involved in all of that stuff? Yeah, we were writing still. You know what I mean? It was just, you know, disjointed and not the way we would have liked to do it. But definitely still writing and and contributing 100%. Yeah. Do you have like Zoom writer rooms? Is that how it would work? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so what did you make of the final, like uh, you guys, uh, my understanding is the show is, is it, is it right? The show might come back in person. Is that the plan? I have no idea. You don't know. (laughs) I I read a news report. I thought you would get a staff memo before I would know. (laughs) You don't know anything. Okay. Okay. I just wonder what you made of how it turned out because that was a, what a weird time. Like we can experiment with so many things and uh, on some level it's great. But did you think that that all were there things that people were like, yeah, we tried some things and that really worked and that didn't like were you workshopping each week? I mean, I feel like no. And yes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a little bit of both going on. <laughs> uh, I mean, because we, we didn't know what it was going to look like. So I feel like the first one was just tricky and saw things we didn't like. And we were like, hey, let's try not to do that on the second one. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Then we saw we didn't like and it was just kind of just like trial by fire because we no one had ever done it before yeah you know what I mean? but I, I felt like by the last one we were like oh this is how to do it <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we we found a bit of a groove where i really dug the last one i was like oh this this feels like in the swing okay were there particular i think i asked you this last time just as a because i know it's a collective uh process but were there particular <laughs> things you were happy about that, that you expressed or wrote uh, in that in that batch of things where you're like, I'm glad that got on or that really, I'm proud of that. Was there anything like that? And the SNL from home stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, me and Gary Richardson wrote a, a sketch about Chris getting out of jail early because of corona. <laughs> that was great. And he can't get, he's, he's trying to hook up with people. Yeah, it was just stupid. So it was just I, I thought I I enjoyed that immensely. I'm glad to know. You know, it's wow. so what a weird cool. what a weird thing, right? You're behind the scenes, and that's your role. But and I I can't. Sometimes you can pick out a writer's sensibility if you follow a show <laughs> and you follow the writer. But I'm so pleased to know that that was you. I did know. I'm sorry, but that's that was really yeah. funny. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so in terms of future plans, we've been shrugging to each other about what's next. Do you have a sense of what's next for you beyond this special? And I guess SNL, you don't know. 
but it might be coming up in the fall. What What do you got planned? I mean, I have some stuff I'm working on. I can't really talk about it, but I have some things I'm working on and some ideas of things, you know? Yeah. You so don't, we'll see. You being nebulous in a time of great uncertainty? I don't need this. I need solid, <laughs> solid information. Everything is so confusing. I Please, tell me one yeah. solid thing. What do you, by the way, you say you've been observing things, you've been thinking about things. Sam J, do you have like re- like reputable, regular uh, sources of information? I've been asking this a little bit because I'm just curious. I read what I read. Do you, do you go to someone and be like, I think, I think that's right? No, I just kind of like go on Twitter. And if I see something that I want to know more about, then I just like start doing my own research online and just kind of like going down my own like rabbit holes with things. <laughs> okay. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what everyone's doing. And it's good and bad. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I, I don't, It's it's been so spread out. And I feel like when I was younger, when I think about it, that's why I kind of went hmm, at the question because I feel like when I was younger, I, I knew the people that my parents were going to for information. It was right. like, we watch news, we trust this information, and this is where we get our information. And now it is just insane. You don't even know who's actual journalists or who's just saying stuff and like, it's so hard to decipher any of it. And then when we have a president who's also like lying and misleading people and, and, and giving misleading information, it's just so hard to keep track of any of it. And so you really do have to kind of go down your own little rabbit holes and find what you feel is credible and just kind of move with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of credible sources, Sam, where would you send people to learn more about you on the uh, internet? Oh man, I don't nowhere good. <laughs> nowhere good. Nowhere is actually like, just go on Twitter and, like and Twitter? enter. Yeah, yeah. I like this all my Twitter. But like. <laughs> okay. Well follow your Twitter and the new special is on uh Netflix and uh it's wonderful. And Sam, I uh always like talking to you uh, and I appreciate your your time. So thanks for being back on the show and chatting with me and best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you as well. Very, very special thanks to Sam J for returning to this show and to be on this, the, uh, what is it, the 556th episode? That's right, the 556th episode of Creative Control which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all Apple and Google platforms and Spotify and everything else. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or me directly, at vishkana. Also visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation keep this podcast going again six dollars or more gets you access to exclusive uh, audio content usually from my archives uh, of uh, you know past interviews i've done uh, preceding this show so again go to patreon.com slash creative control and uh, feast on the treasures that are not part of the regular show thanks again to live at masseyhall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by great Canadian artists. Again, live at MasseyHall.com. Also thanks to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. As always, thanks to my good pal Jim Guthrie for lending me some music 
uh, for the podcast. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Sam. I hope you'll check out Sam's special at uh, 3 in the morning when it's out. Uh, well, as you're as I'm speaking, it's not quite out, but it'll be out uh, soon. It's out on Netflix. Go to Netflix and find Sam's great special. And uh, also, thanks for uh, you know subscribing to the podcast if that's something you're you're doing now or thinking of doing either way that would be great tell your friends about the show and all that sort of stuff and that is it i will talk to you very very soon goodbye for now If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.